Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Putting yourself out there as practitioners who are growing and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Mbalia. I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. This is amazing. This is so fun. All right. All set? Yes. Okay. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. And today, like every day, I have an amazing guest um, with us today. And just before we start, I want to say that I am super excited. Um, we got to read one of her books this year in class. And my kids, I did. they didn't really believe me when I said I was going to be speaking with her. But this is going to be the proof. <laughs> this is going to be the proof right here. Are you able, can you please introduce yourself? Certainly. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bridge Home and some other books. (laughs) Other amazing books. Can you just tell the audience a little bit about you, um, some of your background in history, maybe? Yeah, so I started writing, well, I started writing novels about 12 years ago for children. So my first novel came out now just about 12 years ago, and I'm it's just such a blessing that it's still in print it's called climbing the stairs and it looks at my family's history um, in India in the 1940s and uh, which was of course a time of just such unparalleled uh, turmoil in the world because you know we as a world had Hitler and we as a world had Mahatma Gandhi both living at the same time and um, it looks essentially at that uh, question of you know violence and nonviolence among other things, and what it was like for my mother growing up in the 1940s in India. And um, my second novel, Islands End, is uh, about a, an indigenous tribe in India that I was you know, and I was very lucky, not that particular indigenous tribe, but I was very lucky in that I was able to go to these islands in India called the Andaman and Nicobar Islands and work there for a short while. So um, it's about that. It's about a young girl who is a leader chosen to lead her tribe, which I mean, I think it's so fascinating that that these um, indigenous people, like even I, when I went there, you know, my head was so bloated at that time. I was young. I thought, haha, I learned so much in America. We're going to I don't know, bring all my wisdom back. They taught me so much. My experience there taught me so much. And um, I love the fact that they have women as leaders. Mm. So uh, it's about a young girl being trained to lead the tribe. It's called Islands End. And then my third novel, A Time to Dance, is again, as most of my novels are, you know, in some way uh, drawn from something in my life. So. Uh, Time to Dance is a novel in verse, and it's about a young woman in India who loves to dance more than anything in the world, loses her leg, and then struggles to dance again. But it's not just about her physical recovery. It is, I'm told, the first novel that actually looks at a young woman's spiritual growth as the central um, plot point in the novel. 
through the uh, eyes of, or through the lens of the Hindu religion. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You write some powerful books, Padma. Holy. <laughs> can you tell me, like you said, um, 1940s, do you, can you tell me, what was your schooling like just growing up as a kid? What did that look like? So when I was growing up, um, that was more, what was it? The, doo -doo -doo, must have been the, the 70s when I was in school. Um, my mom grew up in the 40s, so she is now 87, 88, 89, mm -hmm. something like that, or 80 something, 80 something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I should know. I hope she knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she's less tech savvy than me, so I suppose she won't. <laughs> but yeah, she's 80 something. She was growing up in the 1940s. So for her, when she was growing up, and she was in a very traditional home in which women were forced to stay downstairs where the kitchen was and only men were allowed to literally climb the stairs wow. to the upstairs uh, huge home library in the house. So there was this huge room filled with books, Gary, and she was not, it was a big deal for her to just literally climb the stairs and get a book out of the library. Wow. And so the book is called Climbing the Stairs. And, um, uh. you know, and it works literally and metaphorically. So, and she was not expected to study beyond, if, if that, beyond uh, mm -hmm. high school. In fact, she was supposed to get married. So even the high school, um, what shall I say, the, the A-levels, whatever, the, just the finishing up high school was not even a guarantee. Wow. Wow. But she did, she went on to finish high school, finish a battle uh, to, to also study in mm -hmm. college. And luckily for her, my father's father, my grandfather was an apparently, a, I mean, I knew him very little, but very wonderful man mm -hmm. who said, yes, I will support you. And uh, so coming from him, you know, the patriarch in the house, he um, encouraged her and she studied law because he was a lawyer and she became a lawyer. I mean, for an 80 year old woman in this country to become a lawyer is huge, let alone an 80 year old, 80 plus year old woman in India to wow. do that. Wow. So. Wow. Can you speak a little bit um, more about your dad as well? Like, it seems like um, that time there was this hierarchy. Um, in regards to men and women, um, what was his um, role um, with all of that? Uh, I will speak a little bit about it, Gary, but I mm -hmm. don't want to end up um, spending most of my time uh, crying because this has been such a marvelous week. Of course, of course. It really has. I mean, it's been such a marvelous week with mm -hmm. Walter Awards, with the mm -hmm. rich home winning Walters, mm -hmm. and virtual winning the golden kite award it's just been such a blessing so i have to mm -hmm. say that to keep myself in the right state mm -hmm. um my father surprisingly especially given that his father was so kind mm -hmm. right and that his father was so very my mother always has the story about i guess one day as a young daughter-in-law in the house she was sitting in the corner of the house and her father-in-law approached her and said you don't look the way that a daughter of my house should look. 
you don't look happy. Is my son ill-treating you? Mm. Is there anything happening in this house that shouldn't be the way it is because I want you to be happy? And apparently that's when she told him, she said, listen, I didn't expect to marry your, I didn't want to marry your son. I wanted to study. Wow. And he said, if that's what you want, if that's all it is, I will make sure you study. Wow. And that's why out of respect for him, and he said, what do you want to study? But apparently she'd never thought about this before. She just wanted to study something. And she said, I want to study law because mm -hmm. he was a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And she said, then I'll support you, you know, so that through her study, she could maybe help him. And, mm -hmm. and she did. And he helped her, obviously. So they had a very special relationship with such a wonderful man. And, you know, my father did things in his life that, um, that I'm proud of. He took part in India's freedom struggle against the British. Uh, but by the time I rolled around, I was a shark. Mm -hmm. I came many years later. Um, my brothers and sisters had left the house by then. They grew up in a very different way. Um, he could be violent and abusive. And, and so, I don't know, somehow, somehow some aspects of my um, grandfather didn't, didn't get through to, to my mm -hmm. father. Mm -hmm. I guess he was, you know, he was a very intelligent, very learned person as well in many ways. Um, mm -hmm. Read a lot, but could be extremely cruel. And I had to meet him every weekend after my parents separated. And, you mm -hmm. know, some of that is what feeds into that first uh, scene in the bridge home mm -hmm. where the, the father is less than kind to him. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Bara, thank you for sharing that. Can you tell us like the awards? Like, and I think every bit of deserving, um, like give us just, and I don't want you to give it away. And you kind of, sh without even saying, shared a little bit about what the story is a little bit, just through like your story now, but just give that like maybe one minute pitch of like what the story's about. And then share with us, like, what are the awards that I can, I saw it online as well. Like, what are, what are the awards that the book has been recognized? So, um, the first thing, actually, since I started with that very personal, my parents separated. And so after my parents separated, my mother, who as a rich woman had done a lot of uh, social work, mm -hmm. somehow, and it, this is amazing to me when I look back on it, you know, being now in my forties, which is probably what she was when my parents separated. And there she was having to start from, from zero, right? Or less than zero suddenly mm -hmm. um, in her bank account, which was negative or non-existent or whatever. And anyway, she still somehow made time to volunteer at homeless shelters and at schools for kids who had much less than even I did when we were forced to move out. Mm -hmm. So I think I never had the sense, luckily for me, I never um, sat around in, you know, feeling self-pity. Mm -hmm. And I, especially because I, I got to know some of these kids at these homeless shelters, not all of them, obviously, right? But some of them who just had been through so much worse, which I didn't necessarily know in the beginning. We would just laugh and we would just play. There was this one friend of mine, you know, Nagabushan. I'm sure he doesn't even remember me. But I just remember him. I don't remember his face, actually. I remember his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I remember his heels because, you know, he was in the village pond. I remember him, like, kicking water in my face all the time. 
And uh, so, yeah, I remember that when I think of him, I remember two little pink heels and I remember his fingers, like his, you know, at that, he must've been a kid. So the fingers are like not, not long or anything, not like artistic that you would expect. Like little, little fingers, you know, shaping this, this uh, pot on his uh, dad's wheel. And he mm. would just create these things and he would just like take them and it's like, I don't <laughs> like them. And I, like a little city girl sitting there, couldn't do anything, right? I was mm -hmm. fascinated that he would chuck these pieces of, to me, art just like mm -hmm. on the clay, like, ah, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. I was glad I could do something. And later on, I realized that, you know, if you look at the caste system, those kids came from, uh, you know, the lowest of the low caste, which it's mm -hmm. caste system, horrible, ugly, cruel, unequal mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And one of them in particular, my, um, this girl called uh, Indira, she mm -hmm. was from the, what, you know, the Roma community, the Romani community, so the what, gypsy community. Uh, if you will, I say that only because some people don't know what Roma is. And um, she was forced, like the kids in the novel, uh, to run away and hide in a graveyard for a little while because mm -hmm. of men who wanted to enslave her. Mm -hmm. and, wow. You know, yeah. And unfortunately, such, as you and I know. Yeah, it's such a powerful book. It's such Thank a... You powerful book um and let's talk about the the successes like the awards and like just the i think i can only imagine um the work and effort that one puts into um a book of that nature because every word is purposeful every chapter every scene every you can like i've been to india a number of times and like reading the book puts me there in the street, like on the bridge, like in the graveyard. And to be able to do that as an author, um, it's just fascinating to me that you're able to really paint that picture um, in the minds of your readers. Um, tell us about the successes of the book and the most recent awards that it's, um, it's won. I will, but before I go there, um, Gary, I just wanted to quickly say, um, you know, you talk about being in India, so many kids have read the book. And mm -hmm. I do think if you're moved by the book and if you feel like doing more, there are, mm -hmm. uh, on my website, which is just www.padmavenkatraman.com, mm -hmm. it's, my name isn't that hard. If you misspell it, you won't get to my <laughs> website. But, you know, it's all, there are all the vowels are A's except for the first vowel in my last name. So padmavenkatraman.com. If you go there, uh, I have a list of, of charities that are doing good work around the world and um, I have to do with the different themes that come out in the novel. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, I just want that because, you know, if you have, if you want to do something and you don't know, then there are lots of ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm sure people will have ideas of their own as well. So I just want awesome. to say for sure, yeah, would, for sure. Yeah, because I would love for, you know, at least if you, I know that some groups have actually reached out in some small mm -hmm. way, uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, if, if you don't have the, 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 the money or whatever else to reach out yourself mm -hmm. in that way, like to give money, you don't have to, you can also just raise awareness. And to me, that's so important. So as a child, you can also just draw, you know, talk about mm -hmm. whatever you want, paint, 
speak. So there's so many ways to do things. Um, mm -hmm. But to, uh, to move on from there, I have to say, I think the, the easiest way for me to say this is this. When I set out to write a novel, I do not set out, even though I've just spoken about social justice issues that mm -hmm. mean a lot to me, Mm -hmm. I never set out to write a novel about a theme. I mm -hmm. never set out to write a book about homelessness or hunger or domestic abuse or um, child labor or the fact that people are still enslaved in the world today, which mm -hmm. is horrifying to me after mm -hmm. all these years that children today, right now, as we speak, are enslaved in any country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's horrifying. Anyway, all of those things. I don't set out to write a, a novel about any theme or, you know, gender equity, which we've also been discussing. What happens to me usually is I feel like there are these voices that, that show up in my head and some of these voices are really compelling. Mm -hmm. And then I have to follow the voice to find out what's going on which is what happened to me with, with the bridge home. I, I heard the voice of one sister speaking to another sister and I knew the girls loved each other and I couldn't tell why they had been driven apart, which is why the novel is written in second person direct address. Mm -hmm. And which is very an, an unusual voice because I just, that voice was compelling. I had to find out, I just wrote as I heard it. And that's where the novels come from. So I think to me, just following that voice and then um, the voices become sort of this movie in my mind that's playing in my head. And then it's m no longer just a movie. It's like these ghosts that are sitting at our family table. Wow. And that's when my family tells me to send them away, please, because they're living much you need to pay attention to. <laughs> and then I feel like the ghost kind of really possesses me in the best way. So when I dream, I'm dreaming from inside the character. So I'm not dreaming the novel. I'm not dreaming a scene in my novel i'm sleeping and i'm wow. seeing the dream is is me experiencing it from inside one of my characters wow wow and that that process was most intense with the bridge home mm -hmm. and uh i realized that in some way all those kids that i knew it's not like verbatim any of their stories or anything but i think all of that fed into the bridge home mm -hmm. and um yeah and, I'm, I'm sure I didn't answer your question, but I think no, And the result of that hard work. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I mean, I think for me, the, the awards or the recognition, all of it is like a gift. It is a gift. And to me, it's so important as writers or any other profession that we might have in our lives. It's so difficult. It's so difficult to do... Um, what the ancient Indians used to call, um, ancient Indians of my heritage, that is, used mm -hmm. to call karma yoga, which means you pour yourself with all your passion and your energy and your love. You give yourself to, to a piece of work or to something mm -hmm. that is good. And then you try to detach and not expect. Mm. And it's so hard, Gary. It is so hard. And I'm sure every writer in the world understands that. Every artist in the world, every person in the world understands that. But I say writers and, writers and artists because our fields are so much more subjective. This mm -hmm. need to 
to make yourself so vulnerable and then let this vulnerable self be just completely public and out there, you know, for anyone to look at, anyone to do whatever, stab it even. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't protect, it's out there. Uh, and you, you have to still love it, but you can't be, you can't expect. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. And that's mm -hmm. so important for me. And of course, there are these days of, you know, silliness as well that I also face. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to say that I'm there, um, but, but it's very important for me to always tell myself, Padma, you may dream, you may hope, but you cannot expect, mm -hmm. never expect. Mm. and you throw yourself into your nest task wow and so i feel like i for me the one of the i mean it was amazing i mean i just i just i did not dream i just did not expect mm. i did not i had no i just i mean getting the water award so i was in an airport and um i was checking my I, I don't usually, I'm such a non-techie as you know. Um, so I, I, you know, I have this phone now and I was just checking my email because I was, you know, my flight was delayed and I was something. So I looked and I was, I looked at the email and there was this email from this person from the Water Awards saying, we've been trying to reach you. We just wanted to let you know that um, you won the Water Awards. And I just, I was, I was so amazed. And she said, listen, here's my number. When you get this, you can call me back if you like. Oh, and so I called her like. back because I was already on, L yeah, on, you know, well, I don't remember why, but I hadn't like put it on or something. And then I call her back. And after I get off the phone, it's sinking in. I am crying. Oh. And this little old lady at the airport just touches my shoulder gently and says, I hope you're all right. And I, I wanted to tell, I said to her, I said, oh, I am very, very alright. I am so alright. Thank you for your concern. Wow. This is so thrilling. Wow. And I mean, even the next, you know, the next day, um, I got this, this phone call from Lynn Oliver, who's um, the head of the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, which um, gives the other award, the Golden Kite Award. So I should first say that the the Water Awards are just so important because to me, I mean, it is the most... I, I didn't even go there. I did not even go there with my thought because to me, that's our community. That mm. is the We Need Diverse Books community. It is mm -hmm. the community of diverse people. Mm -hmm. wow. Recognizing. I mean, to me... That is huge, Gary. That is wow. so... Wow. It's an unimaginable honor to me. Wow. Um, and, you, you know, to be, to be taken, to be loved and respected and included and raised up by one of our own mm -hmm. is so meaningful. Mm. And so that to me is incredible. And just the fact that it bears the name of... Um, Mr. Walter Dean Myers mm -hmm. is so amazing. I mean, yeah, so that, that is like his blessing, you know? <laughs> and the blessing of everyone, I feel that so much. I feel like it is not just his blessing, it's the blessing of everybody that, you know, has worked for diverse books. And so mm -hmm. that's huge.
And then anyway, the next day I was up in Vermont and uh, I got this phone call from Lynn Oliver, who heads the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Uh, and that is another kind of our own because it's the society, it's writers, it's a peer reviewed award. So three fellow writers judge the mm -hmm. golden kite. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible to me. Mm -hmm. And so, but I didn't even think about that. So she left a message on my, uh, on my um, phone. I tried to call her back, but I was in this, you know, I was at the uh, Vermont College of Fine Art and I was uh, as a visiting writer. So, you know, I was listening to lectures. So I would keep turning my phone off. And then she would keep trying and she was quite frustrated. And I was thinking, you know, but I thought the bet, the furthest I could go with that was, you know, I knew that in February there is the meeting, the, the annual meeting of Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And I thought, okay, maybe someone at the SCBWI February meeting couldn't be there. So she really wants a replacement for a speaker. And she's dying to get me. And I, you know, and me being a lawyer's daughter, I have to say, uh, and you know, there's law and law and law, and let's be very clear that it, my mother's not one of those. Anyway, she's, she's a very wonderful lawyer. I come from a family of lawyers with the best interests and uh -huh. work for human beings uh -huh. uh, right? and to uphold, uphold um, the good laws and the righteous laws that we have. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, so, so I, I, but, but it's been, you know, dinned into me a little bit that, you know, putting things down and writing is big. So the, I keep thinking, why is Lynn Oliver chasing me around on the phone instead of just mm -hmm. writing me an email? And I thought, ah, maybe she wants to find out if I'm free and maybe she doesn't want to say, please come because, you know, who knows if maybe she thinks maybe I'm not qualified to talk, but maybe she just wants to, you know, explore if I have any expertise and whatever this idea is. I'm creating this whole reason for why Lynn Oliver is chasing me around on mm -hmm. the phone. And then finally, well, I call her actually. And, and then somebody says, I just start saying, I said, I'm Padna. And she said, oh my God. Okay, wait. And I thought, you know who okay. I am? That's pretty good. You know, hey, Padma who? Because, you know, it's an international organization. Like, how do you know who it is? And then she ran off and she's like, she said, Padma's on the phone, Padma's on the phone. I can hear all these people coming. And then um, Lynn said, Padma? yes and she said well so and so you know laurie miller and sarah, sarah diamond somebody with me and they wanted to be be here with me on the call i just want to let you know that wow it gives me goosebumps just like hearing that story wow and like just listening to you honestly like i i sometimes as a reader and someone on the outside you feel like you know someone just by like the inside cover or reading their books um, but like seeing you in person and listening to you, like you are the most humble <laughs> human being in the world. Like I think honestly, just listening to how like you talk about your process um, and then talking about some of the things that was just like in your culture and like ingrained in you, just not like expecting things just to happen. Like those are words that like, I hope, the people that are listening can take from it, but I'm gonna like, I'm taking that and I'm gonna go back and listen to like your words as much as possible because they are every bit of powerful and strength and all those things that people need like today because I totally agree with you. Um, you can't expect things, but you still work very, very hard. You are, you are a very special human being. <laughs> you really are, that's amazing.
so what is next? Like, what is, what happens next? You got these phone calls. Um, what happens next? Like, tell us. <laughs> so the same day that I got the phone call, I went back oh and I wrote. Oh my And I gosh. think that's, you know, I really think that that's important. I think I wrote when I was a kid, when, you know, really horrible things were happening to me. And again, nowhere near as horrible as so many other children mm-hmm. in India, like the ones you see in my book. Mm-hmm. the bridge home who have it worse mm-hmm. than me or had it worse than me now i'm pretty jolly i have to say mm-hmm. um and so all of that but i think i wrote i wrote and even this week with all the excitement i might not write wonderful stuff right my, i probably <laughs> will look back at what i write this week and think it's complete rubbish but i write so i tried to write and i've been writing my next novel which is also with my very dear editor Nancy Paulson. Wow. Um, yeah, Nancy Paulson, who edited. Speaking of those who came before us, who is the editor for Jacqueline Woodson. Wow. Uh, one of the all-time greats. So one of the all-time great editors, one of the all-time great uh, writers as well, uh, Jacqueline Woodson and Nancy Paulson, such an amazing team. And I'm very fortunate to have her. And I want to send her my next novel by March this year. That's my own personal deadline. I finished it already. um, So I had a draft this January when we finally, uh, you know, when the pen dried on the contract. Uh huh. So, but then I went back to it and I wasn't happy at all with that draft. So I had to revise it. So here's a question for you. Are you allowed to share maybe just a little tiny bit about what the book is about? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to do just a little tiny, very tiny, but I will tell you that it is also about, um, about children that are, um, socioeconomically, um, underserved in, in, in India. So it's set. Uh, like that so in a way it's kind of a companion novel to the bridge home Mm -hmm. um but it's not it has nothing exactly to do with the bridge home and you know nancy and i will have to work work this out but i because the bridge home was a global read aloud this year which was such an amazing uh you know i don't know if it's an award or what but such an amazing Mm -hmm. blessing let's just call Mm -hmm. that a blessing and you know uh there are two wonderful things. Jared Amato, who started the Project Lit community, uh, this book was a Project Lit selection, and the Global Read Aloud is just this incredible project, right? Done by this one, one person, uh, Pranil Rip, who thought, why not bring the whole world around uh, using a book? And it was an amazing blessing that the Bridge Home was then read by kids around the world, and many of those kids spoke to me or emailed me or something wow. else to me and said, we want to know what happened to the kids in the bridge home. And, you know, in the beginning, I'd say, as I always do, that every writer brings themselves to the book. So to me, I think of, of writing and reading as a collaborative process. So I think I only do half the job, Gary. I give you the bridge home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, it's so magnificent. You have the bridge home. A billion kids have the bridge home. You all have the same thing, just like we all share the same thing as human beings. Mm-hmm. But each of you brings something completely different to the book too. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's it. So I, I said, whatever you decide happens to the characters, 
is as valid as whatever I decide happens to wow. you. But they were not really happy with that. They were like, okay, but we want to know <laughs> what you think. Tell us what really happened. <laughs> yeah, well, really. So then I thought about it and I said, you know what? I will give my some of my characters, maybe, or at least one of my characters in the bridge home, a cameo appearance. So they'll have a guest appearance oh. somehow I, in the next book, I hope. So you'll kind of see what happens to them in a few years. Wow. But if you read the books out of order, that's also okay. So I won't tell you too much, but I'll give you some, <laughs> some hint of what happens. I'm so excited. That means I'm like getting goosebumps just thinking about what that looks like. And you know, another thing that I love about The Bridge Home is that um, I'm a very, um, it's funny because I've had conversations with Pernil and I posted something a while ago and I was saying like, I feel like I'm just like a really slow reader. And one of the things she said, she said, you're probably not a slow reader. You're just like a patient reader. And I always, like now, every time when I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, like I just like to take my time when I'm reading. And one of the things I love about The Bridge Home is that the chapters are small. And like, yeah. as I'm reading through, it makes you like, you power through that thing so fast because you want to know what's happening next. Because every little chapter packs like such a punch every single time and you're like okay it was only five pages so i can do another five i can do another five and before you know it you're like halfway through the book <laughs> so I, I love that like little fine details um and i think even as like a kid and i had some of the kids would take the book because they just want to read it over again i think they appreciate that because sometimes longer chapters for kids it can be it just can be hard um but that little detail that you put in the book has been not just helpful for my students, but very, very helpful for me as well. Very, very helpful. <laughs> oh, I just have I'll one. try to keep the yeah. I'll try yeah. to keep the chapter short on the next one. Please. <laughs> <laughs> just for me. Just for me. Yes. Just for you. <laughs> so I have just one more um, question for you. Um, um, so what is your um, favorite food? Uh, if you're talking about kind of what large class of food, I would just say Indian food because um, you know, India is a little subcontinent and we have so many flavors and every state has its own different cuisine. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to say Indian food like that. You can and be specific. Say, yeah, it's so hard for me to be specific because there are so <laughs> many things I like. I'm kind of a little foodie, I think. I mean, I'm vegan. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I'm actually not really vegan. I'm sort of a hypocritical <laughs> vegan. I'm a really hypocritical vegan. I'm uh, definitely a good vegetarian, um, mostly. So anyway, when I lived on the islands, it was a different thing, right? I was only the only female on this whole all-male team. And for a long time, I was the only female in an all-male-dominated do world. For, you know, I was the only, only female, only person of color for a little while on a research vessel. And I was the boss, Gary. Wow. But before that, yeah, I was the only female of color in my graduate class. Wow. Hold, how many people in your graduate class? You know, I can't remember that. It was not, not, not huge, I'll tell you that. But still, that's like yeah, maybe 30 a, a very eye-opening. Holy. Yeah, isn't it? You know, I never thought about that. And um, my daughter asked me actually at one point, and again, I mean, I want to be very clear that when I say this, it's not being disrespectful to the people who, again, wow, came, I mean, 
and did so much and like made the path for us. Uh, but after the movie, uh, Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my mom, uh, my, my daughter just, uh, my, mom, my daughter just suddenly asked me, so mommy, how many women of color were in your graduate class? And that's when I realized, you know what? Uh, that's a good question. Hey, you're looking at her. <laughs> and you know, I was laughing because I was talking to this other woman at one point, like in an engineering school. She was like, oh my God, that scene. And you know, she said too, she's like, not, it's not even near as, and she was also actually a woman of color in engineering. Mm-hmm. And laughing and she said, oh my God, that scene where she runs to the bathroom, <laughs> haven't you ever done that? And it's because in an engineering college, you know, sometimes in old engineering buildings, they just expect men. So they only have- A male bathroom. Yeah. So then you're right, ra- <laughs> you're wow. ra- it's not, not nearly again, you know, there's so many differences and I want to be respectful of that. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, of course. What they show in the hidden figures is just miles, centuries, eons mm-hmm, beyond mm-hmm. what I um, mm-hmm. had to, to even experience. Or anything, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. What a great question by your daughter, you said, right? Yeah. What a great question. Like, I think this, and I said this was the last question, but I'm going to ask another <laughs> question. <laughs> Does, do your, you have two, two kids? No, just one. Just the one. So does she, is she looking at mom as a writer? Or is she, does she have like the writing gene in her? Does she find herself writing? Um, what are some of the, the, the traits that you would see that she's getting from you or from your husband? Um, I, she's, I, I'm her mom. I think she is just the most wonderful creature in the whole universe <laughs> and I think she's fantastic at everything <laughs> so great I'm answer. not a very biased that's a great, that's a great answer uh, but one thing I think that she uh, is very mm-hmm. you know Linda Supak when I was talking to her said wow she's very woke wow. and I think she is very woke mm-hmm. and I think that that might be because of of, you know, things we did. Actually, uh, here I am now. I don't know how much time we have left, but I think, okay. So she, at one point, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, so she must have been only 10 at the time, mm-hmm. um, set, raised her hand at a, grad, at a graduate seminar being pres- presented by a PhD in history who had spent his, spent years of his life working on Charles Kingsley, who wrote a book called The Water Babies and had actually lent her a beautiful volume of the water babies she read it she found it highly offensive marked up passage where she found it offensive and why right because sometimes he uses metaphor but there she was and um you know she raised her little hand when he said any questions and he said oh well well let's start he told he tells us afterwards right he said i thought i'd start myself off easy asking the kid in the room little for the did question. he know and she said, why did you spend four years or three years, whatever it was, working on this man? Because I think he is racist. And he starts to try to answer this. And she says, for example, on page so-and-so, he wow. says, blah, blah. And I'm not done. On page so-and-so, he says, blah, blah. And she has, with her little quotation marks, from quoting from what this man has said in several places, and he just said, it is a brilliant question. I have never been asked that before. And I'm sorry, I haven't thought of a good answer. I have to get back to you. Wow. And he says how it makes him think for the first time of why he has spent his life uh, or 
a part of his life working on this. Wow. So I think you know that that's something I admire. Um, unfortunately, I think it partly came the wrong way. Uh, mm. She was teased for you know she was told when she was quite young, you're brown and ugly, you're brown and stupid, you're brown, I won't be your friend. Of course. But you know, mm-hmm. in retrospect, exactly. You know, in retrospect, I think it's good that she had that experience because it it made her understand more. So, so she wow. when wow. she we have to get her on the podcast someday. <laughs> you know, you should. She's pretty cool, and I mean, she even said at one point when I saw it for a school project, they asked her to do something about ind- indigenous people, mm-hmm. and uh, she was like. Well, I will interview my auntie Lauren, who is the um, the head of the uh, Tomaquak Museum, the, the um, Narragansett Indian Tribes Museum. Um, mm-hmm. So, and she pointed out, she was like, you know, the native, um, we Native Americans or First Nations, which I prefer mm-hmm. that word, First Nations. Anyway, and she interviewed her, and she wrote in her little report. She wow. did not use books. She interviewed her directly because she is of the Narragansett tribe, and she said. There's a lot of fake news written by white people about, which I thought was brilliant. Wow, I would I would love to have a conversation with her whenever you have time. Let's set it up, us three, and like let's just. I would love to just hear her talk about school and like what she thinks about the world. I think it would be amazing. <laughs> I know she's really shy though. It's interesting. Mm. She's this mixture of very shy and very. So she's usually very shy, but if she feels strongly about something, she will think, formulate her way to say it, mm-hmm. and then she will say it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. It's the greatest blessing. I bet she is. I, and I can see it on your face, like when you talk about her. Fatima, thank you so much just for spending time with me. Like that was like extremely enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I really, really enjoy talking to you. Um, I'm gonna.